What is up, people? Thank you for checking out this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We are back with a movie review episode of our Hero Talk Podcast. They will be talking about Marvel's Thor, Love and Thunder. It's funny kind of seeing this movie. I think it's one, it's one of the last movies that we saw when uh, in terms of it being revealed in that Marvel panel from San Diego Comic-Con in 2019. It's kind of crazy to kind of finally get to this point, this movie that for a long time felt like just an idea we didn't see much from. And we slowly, slowly started seeing more and more as we moved away from the pandemic. Now we're finally here. We finally got this movie in. I have a lot of different opinions about it. And I'm really curious what my guys are going to have to say about it. Of course, if you have not listened to this show before, uh, forewarning, this is a spoilers review podcast, meaning... This is a, a, an episode where we will talk about this movie in its full capacity without withholding any spoilers in this conversation. So if you have not seen this movie and you want to see the movie and not get spoiled, I love that you've given us the click and the, and the play button and we gotten a view or listen from you. But probably you should best pause this podcast, go to your local theater or however you want to watch it. I'm a, please do it legally, but um, watch watch the movie, come back to us, and listen to the conversation, and sit back and enjoy. Of course, if you do not care about spoilers, and you, maybe you're saying, hey, I want to listen to you guys talk about it because I want to see if it's worth me seeing, uh, then then hang out and, and have a good time. Just understand that we're not going to you know be, 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 uh, be shy about letting our thoughts be known about this movie in, in very intense detail that will indeed include spoilers. So that is my warning. To the listeners at home, let's get right to it. So joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Sham, it's good to talk to you. Good to have you back on the podcast. And we're here talking Thor Love and Thunder. What's up? Yeah, man, of course, glad to be back on the show uh, talking Marvel movies. Of course, a very uh, long pastime for for us, for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> talking yeah. Marvel movies both on the show and off the show. Yeah, we've been doing this, but we've been doing this since before we had a podcast. <laughs> yeah, since before we had podcasts, since before Marvel, like, all the other DC or whatever movies come out. True. Yeah, yeah. So we've been doing this for a very long time, and and happy to be be here talking talking the movie. Excited to talk about it. Yep, Kendall joins us on the podcast as well, so the full crew is in house. Kendall, what is good, my dude? Yeah, yeah, like Shamari said, excited to talk about another Marvel movie. Uh, last one was Doctor Strange. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's been an interesting time for Marvel. Uh, and we have a lot to look forward to in Marvel as well. But, yeah, I thought this was a, an interesting movie. I, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, man, so let's, let's talk about this. So, of course, this is Thor Love and Thunder. This is the fourth installment of Marvel's Thor movies. It is directed by Taika Waititi, who did the third installment, Ragnarok. He's back to direct this one. It stars Chris Hemsworth as Thor. It stars Tessa Thompson as King Valkyrie. Uh, Taika Waititi, of course, voices Korg. And the return of Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, along with Gore the Guy Butcher, uh, played by Christian Bale as the main villain. It's funny watching this film, guys, because... I watched this movie, and as I wrote on Twitter and as I wrote on Instagram, I thought the movie was cool. I think for me, though, 
this felt like your shining example of why Marvel has had success in the past and perhaps why they're not having as much success in Phase 4. I say that because I watched this movie and this is we, we've heard from Taika for the duration of the past several months talk about this film, the creation of this film. And our understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that he had a lot of creative control when it came to the creation of this movie. Um, Marvel had in the past been very notorious for their directors feeling like they were kind of filling a Marvel template that didn't allow them to really express their full creativity. Taika Waititi... Uh, along with a few others, you know, you know, uh, uh, James Gunn, I think, is certainly probably in that mix as well. He has kind of graduated from that, those restraints that Marvel usually puts on their directors. And he's now on the, you can kind of do whatever you want, you know, section of the Marvel directors. And I watched this movie, and I felt like this movie had some of what makes Taika Waititi really great. And I thought it had some other things that made me feel like I wish someone would have reined in some of his impulses and 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 toned down some of the insistence on making so many of these scenes have to have some great deal of comedy. This is a story I feel like that is kind of dark and has a lot of emotional weight to it. And that's okay. I don't mind those stories being the case, but I felt like for for that to be the backdrop for a lot of what's going on in this movie, there is just a lot of buffoonery is a harsh word. I don't want to say buffoonery, but there's just just a there's just a little bit of a sophomoric approach to so many of these important, very again heavy themes that Taika is trying to touch on this, and that's where I feel like. Man, I really wish uh, Kevin Feige would have, uh, you know, would have, uh, you know, bulldozed over this director and and and, then, and made him, you know, kind of play within the guidelines of what Marvel movies are supposed to be. Because I think this would have came out a lot better than it was. It wasn't like I didn't enjoy this movie. There were elements that were really good, and overall, I thought it was it was cool. Like I said, but I think Marvel is kind of in a weird standpoint now, where I think this phase. They've probably allowed their directors to be more creative than maybe any other phase, with the exception of maybe like, uh, like maybe like you know the the Russo brothers on like Infinity War and Endgame and stuff like that. But it kind of makes me kind of yearning for the old days. It's kind of like when I talk about I miss the old Kanye, I kind of miss the old MCU. You know, an MCU that did have a little bit more of a singular vision and singular focus for how they presented their movies, because I. I think that there's a reason why Kevin Feige is, I think, hands down, the greatest movie producer in Hollywood today, easily, and arguably the best movie producer of all time. And I think his creative, Paul Prince being on all those Marvel movies prior to it, and again, they weren't perfect. There were plenty of misses, for sure. But I almost feel like they, they like this movie needed some more guidance, and it didn't get it. And then we kind of get this movie that, I think should have just been a lot better. And that's a little unfortunate for me to say that. 
So that's kind of where I'm standing at, just in my overall landscape of how I watch this movie. I'll go to Sham first, because you, you, I know, are a very big fan of Taika Waititi. And we have not, as a group, talked about how we felt about this movie. So this should be a very, very interesting conversation and a very interesting conversation for the listeners to have. So I'm curious, uh, just overall thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder. Um, yeah, so that, so I would say overall, I thought it was a very good movie, honestly. Um, I very much enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder. I, um, you know, it was not a perfect movie. I had my issues with it, but I still very much enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder. Um, I didn't have many complaints um, it was, I thought it was fun. I thought it had a lot of heart. I thought it had a lot of action. Um, I thought the story was well told. I thought it was well paced. And I don't know. I thought, I just kind of thought it was, it was a very solid movie from start to finish. Honestly, it had, it had its issues. Um, but yeah, which I'm sure we'll get, we'll get to, but overall I enjoyed it. I thought, I thought Hemsworth was great. I thought Bale was great. I thought Portman was great. Um, you know, m- most of the jokes landed for me. I love, now I'm a Taika Waititi. I like, I like his movies and his TV shows and the other content he makes. So, <laughs> I mean, I kind of came in expecting that because I know that's what he does. You know, so I was, I was not under any kind of illusion that we weren't, that wasn't going to be what this movie was going to be. Um, but he also, at the same time, tackled the actual story of Mighty Thor, which I appreciated. I thought he did it well. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that it wasn't um, dreary as well, because I feel like you, they could have made it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Thor: The Dark World was very much that way, and it didn't need to be that way. Right. But they yeah. kind of tackled this in a way that was, you know, and I don't know. Look, I'm not, you know, I've never dealt with any kind of, you know, or chronic illness in, in that kind of way, so I don't know how that should be handled, quote unquote, if there's a way that should be handled. But, but I kind of like that it wasn't so kind of, I don't know, hopeless, you know, that there was a little bit of levity and that there was some hope and like, and like Jane Foster didn't feel, she was, she did feel helpless in a way, but she was trying to take power in it, you know, and try to use her powers while she could. And she did. And it was, it was, she succeeded in what she wanted to do. So I thought it was a, I thought it was a nice story, and you know we'll get to what happened at the end as well, which mm-hmm. which I I honestly thought I feel positively about as well. I liked it. I, I really liked it. I, I probably like I, I would say, and I'm sure we'll get to this as well. I probably like Ragnarok a little bit better for reasons, but but I like this. I thought this was a very solid movie. And I think you know one thing that's important, and I, I saw this when I was on Twitter today, is I saw someone because this is. This is a very polarizing movie on social media. Um, it's a fairly polarizing movie when it comes to the uh, the critic response. You know, right now, I think the Rotten Tomatoes is somewhere in, like, the high 60s. Um, I think it will hold as being fresh, but it's, you know, it's, it's going to be it's gonna be tight here for this film. Not that that all matters, but, you know, this, it is what it is. I think it is important, though, when you talk about um, Jane Foster's journey in this film and their decision not to make it super dreary and understanding that some things that are done just may not be for you. Like when you listen to this podcast, like this is all very subjective. So, 
how I feel about the movie and what the emotions it elicits from me and how what it elicits for Shamari are totally different. And I read a, a tweet today from someone who said, you know, hey, as a you know as a stage four cancer survivor, mm-hmm. like this story, albeit maybe a little bit like kind of um, amended compared to, of course, the Mighty Thor story in the comic books, mm-hmm. was extremely powerful and very important for me and for I know for a lot of cancer survivors and that person wanted to kind of just make their make kind of their voice heard about like just the importance of this role being portrayed in live action on the big screen on such a high level as a Marvel Studios movie and that's not nothing and that should be taken into consideration when you talk about what this movie succeeded in so I want to make sure that we that that I point that out there in talking about this Kendall I'm curious what your thoughts are on this film so you have a little bit of a uh tiebreaker here i thought the movie was cool not necessarily great shamari really liked the movie where do you stand um i mean i enjoyed the movie i think that it's 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 a movie that you know when you compare it to ragnarok that's going to be the obvious comparison because that's taika waititi's last uh, you know, Thor movie, last Marvel movie, and um, it's it's a tough comparison because look, I wasn't the biggest fan of Ragnarok. Um, I think Ragnarok is probably a better movie, um, just in terms of like the story and everything, and you know, you can argue it's a better movie if you want to. I I will say though that I enjoyed it more. I enjoyed Thor: Love and Thunder, I think, more than I enjoyed Ragnarok. Interesting. Um, the experience of watching it um when you when you look at Ragnarok I think because I I'm coming into it you you obviously you come in with the the planet hulk expectations and you know you don't really know I mean you see it's going to be a more lighthearted movie but you don't know how comedic and lighthearted it's actually going to be and I wasn't as big a fan of Hela uh as and I I liked the gore character better than hella so all those things aside i knew what i was walking into when i saw this movie and that made things a lot easier for me um you know to 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 lower my expectations and i know you know there was like a there was a meme out there about like about you know essentially saying go you know lower your expectations turn your brain off and just enjoy it it's it's, it's gonna be a comedy and you know chris miller uh you know from the lord and miller uh uh, tandem, you know, came out and said, "Oh, well, comedy movies can be deep and, you know, be cinematic, brain engaging, engaging experiences on your brain as well." When that's true, but I still understood that I'm just going to come in and, you know, not going, I'm not going to analyze it like it's like it's ending. And uh, look, I came away enjoying the movie. Um, I think the big thing, you know, when you look at Going into Ragnarok, again, I, I mentioned Planet Hulk being a, a thing that I was looking forward to and coming away a little disappointed by that aspect of the movie. You know, I thought the Jane Foster storyline was obviously going to be a big thing that that we were going to get in Love and Thunder. And I thought that they, you know, passed with flying colors in this this test. I mean, they gave me everything, probably more than I would have expected um, from that story. And I, again, I think that Marvel deserves a lot of credit for going there because, uh, I mean, we talked about it on this show. They, I mean, we thought that they pretty much had to, but that there were probably ways in which they could do this and just not do it, you know, and it would have been disappointing, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, 
you certainly could have changed the story a lot drastic, a lot more drastically than they did. So, again, I give them a lot of credit. I thought, um, thought Natalie Portman gave her most, uh, you know, passioned, impassioned, uh, you know, performance as Jane Foster. Um, you know, I, I, I thought the chemistry from 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 Hemsworth and Portman uh, was was excellent. It reminded me a lot of Thor one. You know, you felt like I felt like I was watching Thor one again. Um, watching this movie, I thought Hemsworth was excellent. Um, you know, I really, I, you know, it, it didn't. I just didn't feel like there were all these. And I know some people will feel like will feel completely opposite, and that's fine. But I just didn't. I didn't feel like there were a ton of gimmicks. You know, it just it felt like the most like this is Thor, and you know, I, like I'm watching this movie and I'm just like, yeah, this is Thor. You know, he doesn't have the eye patch, you know, or it doesn't, you know, he's not, he's not running around with a Hulk. Like, I don't know. Like it was, it was, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and again, I liked gore. Um, I thought his story was very simple, very cookie cutter, nothing too deep about it, but I thought Christian Bale's performance helped elevate the character on a level where I don't think he was, you know, an all time bad Marvel villain. Uh, and that's not saying much. <laughs> to say you're not all time that's a hard list to crack but with that being said i thought that he was solid um not certainly also not a great marvel villain in my in my mind but um on the pantheon of, of, of thor villains again I, for me I, I, I didn't like hella and, and malekith was obviously he's a, he is on that list of all-time bad marvel villains so um he's behind loki i guess so yeah i mean look i i i enjoyed i enjoyed this movie um, the humor. I, I mean, I I enjoyed the humor. I mean, I thought. I, I mean, to me, I liked. I mean, Hemsworth. I thought was 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 hilarious in this movie. I thought the interactions between him and Stormbreaker were funny, and you know, some of that stuff. Like, if you roll your eyes at that, like, I get it. You know, it's that's you know that that. I, that it, it's just one of those things we have to go into it, and you have to know that that stuff's gonna happen, and that those jokes are gonna gonna come in, but. Um, but like Shamari said, I, I actually think that the, the comedy element of it helped this movie because you're dealing with such a a sad storyline that you know just focusing and having that be the the, the main mm-hmm. tenor and tone of this movie, it could have been done. I mean, there's plenty of movies that are just sad and they're sad from beginning to end, and right. they win Oscars and they you know are incredible, but I mean, that's just not what I mean. That's not what Marvel's done, obviously, uh, and that's I don't know if people really wanted to sign up to see that movie either, you know, and that's not what they wanted to do, clearly. But I, but I, I, I there's they took the other side of saying we're gonna balance out the, the sad with the comedic, and you read some reviews that'll say that there's a, a there's a lack of identity because you have these shifts in tones. And again, sometimes it's beauty in the eye of the beholder, what may be a positive for some person, maybe a negative for another yeah. and vice versa. But uh, I thought it actually helped the movie because I thought that, you know, it took a lot of weight off the Jane Foster. Cause those Jane Foster scenes, they weren't less impactful to me. It was still sad watching it. Um, but then, but, and then, you know, the, the, the comedic scenes weren't any dumber you know, or weren't, weren't in my mind any you know any dumber because it was supposed to be a sad movie. So I thought that I thought it all worked, but you know, I also understand like I mean 
if not it's not one of my top ten favorite Marvel movies, but right. I came away with it not disappointed. And so, like, if I'm comparing it to Doctor Strange, for example, I was disappointed by Doctor Strange. I mean, you can re- watch our, you can listen to our review. If Doctor Strange is a better movie, I would probably say so. But I came away more, you know, came away more positively towards Thor after Thor than I did Doctor Strange because the expectations were different. Yeah, I mean, look, and, and you make the point about, you know, people feeling like, well, you know, the tone shifting so drastically in certain parts of the movie made it difficult for the movie to have an identity. But my first thought was, well, that's life. Like, life is not just all sad and all jokes. Like, at least it shouldn't be. Uh, it's like the great, you know, Jim Valvano said, you know, every person should laugh, cry, and 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 be happy. Like, like, like you know, and that's a full day. Like, it's, it's, it, it, life isn't just so simple and, and, and just cookie cutter as just being all jokes or all, you know, bleakness. So I, I don't even think I have as much an issue with there being shifts in the tone. I just think that there with, with, with some of the heavy themes that they were touching, there comes a time where you have to balance, balance these different themes out in a more responsible way than I think Taika did and Marvel did. I don't want to just put this all on the movie on the director. Cause this is at the end of the day, the whole studio uh, green light in this film. Because you make the the point about uh, you know someone like Gore, who I thought that Christian Bale really like he committed to this role. Like you can't say that like oh he was like mailing this in. Like he he was giving this all he gave he could he could. And I thought that he was convincing. But I think when you talk about all those story those scenes with Stormbreaker and you know they 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 committed a lot of dialogue to like him door just like having this weird thing with Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. It was funny to me. <laughs> See, to me, and I'll get to Thor and Gorn in a second. Let me just address that that thing. I, I didn't love those. Like, I thought maybe the first time, okay, cool. I get the joke. It's kind of funny. But to me, like, I, those really didn't resonate with me, those jokes, only because, like, I already saw Thor with, like, I, like Thor's already seen someone else with Mjolnir. In fact, he, someone else left his, gener- his, his like, his universe. Or his time frame with Mjolnir. Like, Steve Rogers has Mjolnir. Like, and like to me, like, that was, like, kind of weird that they kind of kept harping on, like, oh, he misses his old hammer. It's like, like, you saw Steve Rogers, like, you created Stormbreaker. Then you saw Steve Rogers take, Stormbre- take Mjolnir, and you were, like, totally cool with it. Steve Rogers leaves 2018... And, or, well, I guess for Marvel, I guess it's 2026 or whatever the years are. And, like, goes back into time with that same weapon. Why, like, all of a sudden now does he have all these issues with feeling like he misses his old hammer? Like, that didn't make sense to me. Like, I, I like, fundamentally didn't really understand that. So that so that joke just, like, I thought it was, it made, it, it's, it's an obvious joke. So I got that it, it was funny maybe the first time. I just didn't get going back to that well so often and making it almost like an actual like storyline in the movie I, I i just didn't think that made much sense i thought they were just kind of just harping on the ex-girlfriend thing which is way more relatable to me than than what thor was complaining about with mjolnir but on gore when you waste so many scenes on some of this comedic stuff that's happening throughout the movie like the trip to omni- om- omnipotent omnipotent city or some of the other you know long gags that they did in this movie that were 
mostly for comedic effect, I think you kind of do Gore a disservice because I thought his I I thought like there is a theme in this movie that I think is very powerful that I just don't think that they did a really good job of hammering home because they decided to just make this a comedy like this idea that um, that bad things are happening to innocent people and that there are gods out there that are allowing it to happen and don't seem to care much about actually helping the people that actually worship them. That, I mean, you want to talk about I mean, where we are in, in, in society today? You want to talk about like a real, like that's some real stuff. Like, I mean, that's a real deep thing to go into. And I know it's a Marvel superhero movie and I'm not want to say, oh, it has this like great, you know, responsibility to tell these very important themes. But when you introduce something like that, like, I don't think you should treat it as the afterthought that you did. Like they, like they showed an opening scene and then you have Gore killing all of these gods across, I guess, the realm. And we don't see any of it. Like, we don't see any of it. And maybe it's a little bit of stealing from... It's a little weird because I'm going to sound a little hypocritical. But I also didn't like that they tried to make... They tried to emphasize multiple times that, oh, it's the sword. Like, the sword is why he's been corrupted. He doesn't actually want to do this. And it's like... Why they literally presented every single reason for him to want to do it? It's like the it's like the same thing that happened in, um, in Dark Doctor Strange with Wanda. Though that I think was I was more cool with because we we know what time it is with the Darkhold. Like this, this guy had a re like Wanda didn't have a reason to want to like you know kill like innocent people just for the sake of getting some make believe kids. That was a ridiculous thing. This guy had a real reason to want to like kill gods like a god literally told him i don't give a f about you and your people so like he had a real plight like i would have liked to have actually seen that guy like actually have more one more time to actually see like you know him actually going about killing these guys just to show how powerful he was like even when he's fighting thor like i'm having a hard time like even getting like a real understanding of like how strong this dude is because if he's killing all guys across all the realm you think oh well i mean and this this sword is while he's doing. It. You think I'm thinking? Well, damn! Anytime they're near that sword, I guess death is one step, one you know, one you know, false move away. But then you know, Thor's fighting them off pretty okay. Like I, I like that to me. Like those are the moments that are frustrating. Like this this guy, I think had a lot of potential. And again, I think Christian Bale did a lot with it for the time that he had. But instead of actually leaning in on some of the themes that were I thought most important. It, you know, they felt obligated to say, well, no, we got to make sure we get in these jokes. Even the stuff with Omnipotent City, like, like that, a lot of it is a gag, but there are some real, there's some, like, it's the same theme as the Gore stuff. Like, it's Zeus being like, we don't care about, like, the people and, like, these lowly gods. Like, we're just cool as long as we're safe and we're being worshipped. Like, who cares? Like, and then, but, like, when you, when you, when you, when you dress it, I know I'm talking for a long time. Make sure everyone gets in. But when you dress it with like all this, all these other jokes and quick whips and all this other stuff, like it, it gets lost. That to me was a little bit frustrating part for me. How do you feel about that, Sham? So I mean, so I thought um, Gore was one of the weaker parts of the movie. Not and I want to just I want to distinguish Gore from Bale's performance. I thought Bale did a fantastic job. 
Um, and he definitely elevated the character. And I thought the general story around the character was good. I like the concept. I like the story, like you were saying, and his motivations and everything. Um, I thought that his um, some of his abilities were kind of irritating, just generally, like him just summoning monsters just seemingly at will. Um, and I'm not not really clear on what the limits of, of what he what he was able to do there. Um, I liked it much better when he was kind of doing the fisticuffs, kind of hand to hand sword stuff with Thor and, and Mighty Thor. Yeah, that, I like the, that those fight scenes better than just summoning the monsters. But but I thought the monsters still made for some pretty cool scenes as well, like with the kids at the end. That was pretty cool. But but I don't know overall, and and it could be that maybe he didn't get enough screen time. I, I, I'll admit that very well could be the case. Um, I didn't mind like if they were like, oh, we have to get rid of the omnipotent city scene for more gore. I'd be like, I don't know. I, I have to see those scenes. <laughs> I, I didn't hate that scene. I didn't hate the omnipotent city scene. Of course, all the practically all the jokes landed for me, so I didn't hate it. But um, but yeah, just just I don't know. I feel like a lot of Goro is just kind of, okay, he shows up, he summons a bunch of monsters, and people are scared when I don't know what's happening, and it's like, okay, so what are we going to, I mean, what are we going to get uh, with him? Are we going to get anything more or anything? And there's also nothing nothing connective about his character. He's a very much a one-off, um, like... And I say Malekith, but I compare him to Malekith just in that he's never going to show up in anything. And he just showed up, caused some problems, and he's gone. You know, he's just here yeah. for HPV to cause some problems, and now he's gone. He's, he's We're never going to see him again. <laughs> you know, like, like we're probably more than likely, I'm like 90% sure we're never going to see Gore again. So, um, and there wasn't really any kind of lasting impact with the exception nope. of the kid, which I'm sure we're getting to, we'll get to, yeah. but. But outside of that, there really wasn't any kind of lasting impact. He was just here and he's gone, and that's it, you know. So, um, so yeah, I, I I didn't love this, and I would compare it. I would add this in comparison to Hella, who was more of an important. And I feel like Hella and that kind of conflict added to the Thor story, like as a whole. You know, Gore didn't really add to the Thor story, with the exception of the kid, which again we'll get to, I'm sure. But but that was it. I was like, I didn't add anything to the Thor story. Hello, and it was all the thing with oh, with Odin and Loki, and you know her kind of claiming her birthright and all this other stuff. It was, it was an interesting story, and it was and it was it was a very emotional story. There was no connection to Gore. He was just he was just a bad guy that right. that they had to stop. You know, so his story was fine, but I don't know. Maybe he didn't get enough time. I just wasn't as intrigued by it. As maybe I would have expected with some of the hype going into the movie, I think they I think they overhyped his villain as well. I think he was kind of overhyped by people. Like, oh, Gore is going to be so. I'm just like, really? And I don't know. It, it didn't really land as much for me. Bale was great, and, and Bale, like, and Shane, like, to, and to me, like, you know, like, and they they again, like, they hyped him, but like, it wasn't like this guy wasn't doing some crazy stuff. Like, we see the big god slash monster that he took out. Um, that we, of course we see in the trailer. We see that you know he's taking out armies of of, of gods, and we see Lady Sif it was out with without, without an arm. But again, you to me you kneecap the 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 effect and the impact of what he's doing when you know you know Thor and Lady Sif are you know 
quick whipping jokes about her losing an arm. Like I like like it's very strange how like again there are the and again I'm not saying that everything has to be just doom and gloom, but there are these very heavy moments where this is a character that has been in so many Marvel projects, not just Marvel movies, but Marvel television shows. He was on Agents of Shield. Like this is not just nobody. Like this is a very important character and like they're have one arm and look like they're on the verge of death and like we're making jokes about oh yeah you won't go to Valhalla because you didn't die in battle like you survived but now you got no arm and I don't know like I just I just felt like like there was so much more that we could have got from Gore in that regard and I don't know how you felt about that about that Kendall but to me like I said earlier it, it just like Killmonger works so well because he's 100% he feels he's 100% justified in going about what he's doing and he's not corrupted by anything like he really thinks that after all that's happened that Wakanda has turned their back on black people across America and or, or the world and that it is his birthright to make amends for that like having Gore worship a god the god tell him hey like we don't care about you or your people that died i'll just find more worshipers and then he now has this real plight with gods because his daughter died and so many of his people have died waiting for this god to save them or help them and they tell me there's nothing for you but just death after death and he's like oh but like he's actually just corrupted by this actual sword like he's not actually like he he's uh, he's off his rocker like i don't know i just feel like I'm I'm tired of Marvel going to that trope, you know. I was cool with it for Doctor Strange, but this one just felt a little. It just felt a little worse to me. Yeah, I mean, and look, this movie is short, and I, I that's true too. Some people some people thought it was too short. Um, it could have been longer because you could have expanded on a lot of things with his story. You could have expanded on a lot of things I think with Jane Foster's story as well. Um, they condensed a lot of it. I didn't hate it being condensed because sometimes these movies go too long. You know, Eternals is super long. Eternals probably should have been longer, uh, <laughs> but that's a whole other conversation. But like, sometimes these movies go too long, and this one, it got in what it needed to get in, and maybe, like you said, maybe this is the one where you feel like another twenty minutes could have been another twenty minutes that you could have spent developing Gore's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, uh, you know, we, we talk about the, 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 the twist at the end, obviously with the daughter, uh, we'll get more into that, but like her character, we didn't see much of it in the beginning. You know, if they would have spent more time with her character, that twist probably would have been more, uh, would have been more well received. Um, but ultimately, no, I think that this was a movie that um, and a villain that was I haven't heard one. I haven't heard one person say anything bad about Christian Bale's performance, which is um, not surprising. Obviously, Christian Bale's a great actor, but yep. I haven't heard one person say anything bad about Christian Bale's performance. I've I've only heard issues with them with basically him just not getting enough uh, enough time. You know, enough time to shine, enough enough space for his character to breathe, um, and and you know that that ultimately that falls on the on 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 the decision making of of Marvel and 
Feige and, and, and Taika, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I think to to me, I like like I like I mentioned to you guys. I feel like Jane Foster's character is somebody that um they probably could have went more in depth with with her with her situation. Um, again, I don't I, I feel like they didn't want to. Uh, they didn't want the tone to come off too dark, but there's certain things where it's just not going to be fun, you know? Um, but, you know, I thought that they kind of rushed, I don't say they rushed that story, but it was, it was very quick. And obviously when we talked about this movie and when mm-hmm. she was announced as being the mighty Thor, um, we knew there was a possibility to only be for one movie, but, you know, there were a lot of people that were doing their, you know, Avengers team saying that, you know, Jane Foster was going to be the new Thor. And, I, you know, I think if you would have told me that this was only going to be a one movie thing, then I would have said that they probably should have put more time into it. But maybe they right. felt like if you're if it's only going to be one movie, then why invest all this time into her character? You know, like because she's I mean, she's, you know, the she's not the main character in this. I would say it's Chris Hemsworth which um is a little surprising when with when they announced it i would have thought that right it's not it's not surprising her. based on what we've seen in the promotional yeah it's, just, it's the thor yeah 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 i mean we saw that in the trailer yeah, we, we, we talked right, about oh. that on this podcast right yeah it's, it's kind of interesting um and they followed through with it and it makes more sense if you're telling me that yeah you know her character is going to die at the end um which was Another, it was a surprising decision. I thought, you know, I thought they were setting it up with the with the with the um with the whole eternity thing that that they were gonna wish for her to be healthy or something like that. And maybe that was. Supposed yeah. to be I'm kind. I'm kind of glad. Yeah, I thought about that, but I'm kind of <laughs> glad they didn't go that route because that would have felt like a silver bullet. It was know? a cop out. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I wish everybody had the. <laughs> Because they had the access yeah, I mean, to you know, I mean, cancer patients we would love to save that we've lost over the course of time. Like, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I thought, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I thought the story, I thought the story was good. I thought, I thought the how it ended was fitting. It was sad. It was sad. But, but, um. I thought the post credits was nice, which you know, you know, made it to Valhalla and everything. That was cool. Um, but it, but I mean, I thought how it ended was was good. Honestly, I thought it was good. Um, I didn't read the comics, so full disclosure, I don't know if there was anything was any kind of canon was violated. But I thought it was cool. I thought it was really good. Yeah, and I think to me, like, like I think there was importance in noting that. Um, like I said, like Jane, like her getting me on air wasn't going to, you know, heal her in any way, but it would give her this power to help save others. And for someone who is, uh, not a medical doctor, but someone who, 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 you know, did take great pride in, um, understanding our world and keep making the world a safer place, her using that power while she had the strength to save others speaks to her as a hero and even though she is not a true god the fact that she goes on to valhalla because of the time she spent at a store 
and her dying of a battle with cancer that she fought courageously. I think that that was a very touching scene. I mean, it's very touching to see her, her, you know, kind of turn into the kind of a, you know, pixie dust similar to what we saw from like Odin and other folks who've, who've, who've died in, uh, and gone on to Valhalla. Like, I, I thought it was really dope. I, I really did. I think a, a lot of like all the stuff with Jane, most of it was just, I wish there was more, honestly, there really wasn't like, like for, for to Taika and then the team's credit. Like, I feel like they didn't necessarily hammer us with so much humor when it came to like Jane stuff, especially when it came to like her dealing with her her, her series for cancer stuff. With you know, Thor is a, a is a comedic kind of character, so like some of the interactions with Thor were funny, but they're supposed to be. Um, I think they're supposed to be humorous, and they should be. This is a very awkward situation. I did feel like, uh, and I liked a lot of their interaction. I agree with, I believe it was Kendall who said that their chemistry was much closer to Thor one than it was Thor two in this one. I do agree with that. There was a part of me that there's a part of me that wished that there was a little bit more. I don't want to say animosity per se, but I like the explanation of their breakup because it's always something that kind of just got glossed over. And to be honest, like it was kind of like it was kind of BS that they did gloss it over. Like this was a a relationship that like Marvel took a lot of time to cultivate over the first two Thor movies, and it's a character that you know Thor has talked about quite often and. The way they kind of just ended it, and he kind of just, you know, glosses over what actually happened. Obviously, it was because they didn't feel like they had the actress around to tell the story. But um, it was nice to actually see it play out the way it did. But I think at the same time, when breakups do happen, and especially if there are parties who felt like they were they were wronged, which it seems like Thor certainly felt like he was wronged, I kind of wish there would have been some some reckoning with that, that, that didn't just involve them just, just happening, just get back together. Like, which is kind of how, you know, they kind of get back to, you know, revealing that they still have this love for each other. Like, I kind of don't feel like, like, like they, even, even that aspect, like, you know, they're arguing about, Oh, who actually left? Who didn't leave? Even that was treated as a joke. And to me, it's like, we saw Thor go through depression in part because of this. And like, I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to like make his, make, this thing part of his big you know issue that he deals with with his mental health moving forward once we actually get to actually reckoning with that i i kind of wish there would have been more there from i'm not saying oh i needed jane to apologize or anything like that but it just didn't seem like there really was much of a productive conversation about thor actually getting the real closure that he apparently was missing like the whole that was the whole point about this and i thought that was smart that they did say, oh, yeah, she just left. Like, she literally just wrote a letter and, and was gone because Thor was always out and they weren't seeing eye to eye anymore. Like, that made, that actually, I thought, made a lot of sense with how he was acting and how he, he reacted to the breakup. But then they're, you know, they're forced to work together in this, you know, tandem. And he still has clearly has his real feelings for her, but there is no reckoning with what actually happened. I think it was important to show people, you know, move past those things in a way that actually addresses whatever the, you know, the issue was. Did anyone else feel that way? Uh, anyone else feel that way? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I was okay with how they handle how they handled the Thor Jane relationship. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I didn't really I didn't really have any, have too much of an issue with it. 
Now, to be totally honest, of course, I haven't seen Thor or Thor 2. It's been, it's been a minute since I've seen those movies. I've seen them, but it, it's been it's been a while. So it's, it's a little hard for me to compare to how the relationships were. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I kind of enjoyed how, how it was handled. Um, you know, and, and to be totally honest, I kind of like that they didn't, they didn't lean too heavily on those movies because they came out a while ago. And Thor 2 wasn't too, very positively received. So you, Thor two, for a lot of people, it just goes back to Thor one, Thor one, and the the Avengers movies are the last times that people saw Thor. So I kind of needed a new, almost like a refresher on what exactly happened. Well, there thought, was, we didn't know what happened. That was a that was the whole well, point, right? Is that, yeah, that, that you know all we heard was that you know that right. she left him. That's all we knew, right? So yeah, so I don't know. So it's I thought it was handled pretty well, honestly. I thought it, I, I, you know, I, I thought they did a decent job. I wasn't, you know, I thought Portman and Hemsworth did a good job, and I kind of liked the chemistry. Uh, you know, I thought it worked for me. I mean, Kendall, uh, how did you, did you feel a certain way about that particular? Not necessarily. I think their chemistry. I think we all agree was was really solid when they were together. But the because I've seen a lot of people talk about this idea of exes now being having to coexist in some manner. And did you feel like that was handled well? Uh, my only beef with, I think, the Jane Thor dynamic, the Jane story overall, really, outside of wishing there maybe was a little bit more of her battle, but was that I felt like, you know, the whole big, you know, elephant in the room of what actually happened to them and, and, and her leaving him just felt like it was just a, eh, whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. Um I could definitely see how you see it like that. Um you know, like I mean, for example, like you said, you know, the the whole thing with you know, Stormbreaker and Mjolnir and then the bolt, like you know, like that yeah. like that that's almost like part of the joke. It's like you would think that the movie's gonna be about you know, him thinking about Jane the whole time and he's thinking about Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. Like it's you know, like it's it's if if that joke doesn't hit, then that already is going to be stupid. Like know? I'd argue, he, I'd, I'd argue, I'd argue he's had he had more productive conversations about his feelings with Mjolnir and and uh, and, and Stormbreaker than he did about Jane. Yeah, I mean that that that's fair. Like I, that's really was that from the in terms of a quote unquote love triangle. Like that was that was the focus of the movie or the awkwardness. You know, it really wasn't the the Thor and Jane relationship, which was a funny it was a funny twist in my mind, but I can see why some people would be annoyed by it because it it feels like a misdirect and it probably doesn't make much sense, you know. But um, to me, you know, I, I feel like you know that I think that's another lane where I think you know Taika didn't want to harp on something that was too that would have been you know again just something that would have bogged the movie down a little bit from an emotional standpoint. Um, you know, there's already a lot of emotions going through throughout the movie and um obviously he wanted it to be comedic. I think it's a weird it's a, it's 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 I mean this whole movie is sort of like Ragnarok where I mean look I have my issues with Ragnarok, you know, and the, the comedic tone of that. You know, I felt like, you know, just what it didn't do the Planet Hulk story justice. But like 
when you talk about this movie, I mean that like that whole situation or that that dynamic and in, infusing like depression or infusing you know these ideas of you know going back to thinking back to the the, the breakup aspect probably would have probably would have stripped a little bit of the comedic tone from this movie that they were going for you know and that that is that's where it just comes down to you know they wanted this to be a comedic movie um and it'd be like be like throwing you know you can say that about like um i don't know i mean there's there's so many i don't know like uh super bad like you know <laughs> super bad the comedy that you know you could probably throw in darker elements but would it still be a comedy if you threw that in there um so they that they they probably regret were you know grasping at a lot of those different concepts but um but i ultimately i didn't have as big a problem with it because also when you're dealing with a crisis they may have felt like they're not thinking about it right now like they they are they are thinking about it in the back of their mind you can sort of That's tell true. that throughout Fair the movie point. but like they're also you know thor is an avenger you know he's mature at this stage where you know he also had a job to do. Yeah, and to so, be fair, he's worked through these issues, which we they they talk about in the beginning of the movie. Right. Yeah, they've shown that, and we've seen that in previous movies. Right. Um, that he's he's had to, you know, it's been a constant theme of you know him bringing up Jane while he's on the on a mission or something like that. So, um, it's something that he's probably learned to deal with. So they probably wanted to be a little bit more understated with it, with you know them finally with rubber finally meeting the road, so to speak. They probably could have been a little bit more. Um, you know, clear about it, but I thought that they gave us everything that I wanted to see, you know, in terms of that, you know, tying that bow, you know, I mean, like you said, it's, it was a, it was a large elephant in the room that hadn't been acknowledged, um, given that Natalie Portman, we thought would never be back, uh, in a Marvel movie. And with her return, it had to be, that's something that they, that was a, that was clearly a, a box that needed to be needed to be checked in this movie was what happened between Jane and Thor. And I thought they, they answered it. It made sense. Um, It fit in within this movie and it fit within the larger MCU. And, um, and overall I thought it worked. I I mean, I was, I was also glad that we got more, uh, we got more Eric Selvig. We got more uh, Darcy. Darcy. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, I it, it's so it's interesting. Again, it goes back to my thing about Jane Foster. She wasn't the main character of the movie, but like again, if they wanted to make the movie twenty minutes longer, which wouldn't have even made it that long, we just would have made it. You yeah, know, it was, normal, it was probably like a, two hours. hundred and nineteen. It was a two-hour movie. Yeah, you know, like another twenty minutes. Like, I I would have I would have enjoyed probably even if you didn't want to spend more time on Gore. You could have spent more time on 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 Jane Foster, and showing what she's been doing. Maybe not twenty minutes, but maybe again, maybe you you do ten minutes of Gore and ten minutes of Jane Foster, and the movie probably feels a lot more fleshed out. Um, but also, if the movie was the way it was, which, like you said, comedic, sophomoric, whatever you want to call it, like I don't know if that movie would have worked being two hours and twenty minutes. Like that movie had to be a little bit more condensed than the average Marvel movie. And that is and that is indeed fair. I think that is that is fair. I just I just feel like 
as I've said before, and I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but it's like, okay, you introduce fairly complex concepts and complex story points. I, I think at a certain point, you have to actually deal with the complexity of it. Like, you, just, you can't just joke your way out of every complex thing, with the exception of the cancer stuff. They, they didn't joke through that. But you can't complex your, you can't joke yourself or kind of yada yada yourself through every complex aspect of this film. And I felt like there were not everything, but at times I felt like they, they did that. I thought that kind of addressing not necessarily even the breakup or even their feelings for each other, just trying to get get through. Well, I guess no, I guess I, I do mean the breakup. Like they explained it well, but then the reconciling of that which I think was supposed to be an important moment for Thor, because, again, they keep telling us it is for him, because he kept talking about it for all these other movies, when Natalie Portman wasn't part of the franchise, to then, okay, they're here, here we go, they're going to talk about it, right? What happened? How does Thor feel? How does Natalie feel? Obviously, or Jane feel? And I just don't, we don't know. We don't know anything. But we do know that they still love each other, and that uh, that they, they really don't really address much of what happened. So I don't know. I, I, I get. I, I guess it kind of can go either way there. But I think one of the thing I wanted to mention before we get to the end of the movie was, uh, you know, I think one of the the absolute big moments in the film is the omnipotent city trip. So, as you guys, as we noted, you know, Gore shows up in New Asgard. He takes out. He takes all the kids. Shout out to uh, uh, Axel. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Heimdall's son. I think it was kind of neat that 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 he was that they made him a character in all of this um he takes uh, axel and all the other kids of new asgard and takes them away and it forces thor to come up with a plan that seems actually pretty decent you know oh let's go to an omnipotent city where you know basically it's the you know the gods of the gods all meet and discuss you know godly issues and they'll certainly come together to thwart this gore the god butcher and help save these kids and that is our introduction to Zeus, played by Russell Crowe. This has been, I think, maybe, and I don't know if you guys have you know, seen the same thing. I feel like it's been the most, like, controversial part of this movie. And I think some of it is because of the fact that, you know, unfortunately, when it comes to anything that has any tie or any even just a little bit of a connection to anything Zack Snyder has done, it, it brings out his legion of minions who come out and, you know, defend his honor and say how oh, everything he did was so much better than what the other person is doing. So you have this Zeus character when you also had a Zeus character in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And it's funny because, like, I think because of that version of Zeus and some of the... um some of the people's understanding of who Zeus was as a god, being like the god of gods. Some people were surprised at this portrayal of Zeus. But if you do read a lot of Greek mythology and you do do more research, like I had to, like Zeus is kind of a buffoon. Like, And, and when you think about it, a lot of the things you've seen Zeus in when it comes to any other mainstream stuff, like, yeah, he, he kind of is kind of bumbling. He kind of is... Uh, 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 some in some ways useless, despite the fact that he has all this 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 power. So, I don't know if I was necessarily so taken aback by by that aspect of Zeus being oh he, he you know he doesn't want to save people and he's kind of you know chubby and he he's not as he's not nearly the 
the uh, you know appearance to be the physical threat that you know we think Zeus to be. But like I said, I do I do feel like there was a very much a heavy-handed you know you know element of of just making that whole scene about jokes, even though again there was a serious thing happening while this was happening. It was this God saying that we're not going to help the people. We don't care that these kids are going to die. Um, Shamari said that he had liked how that scene played out. Uh, Kendall, how did, how did you feel about it? Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a little, it was probably a little long. I thought um, it was, I thought it was very long. I agree with that. Yeah. I, th- I definitely thought it probably could have been shorter. Uh, I thought it was, in my mind, I thought it was funny. Um, Again, I came in with very low expectations. I, like you know, Russell, you see Russell Crowe as Zeus, but going into it, but you, I don't expect much from it because it's Taika Waititi and it's Marvel. And I don't mean low expectations as I expect it to be bad, just low expectations in that I don't expect, uh, I don't expect it to be very serious. Um, and so it matched those expectations, which made it a lot easier for me to consume. Um, <laughs> it's it's I mean it's weird and we'll we'll talk about obviously we'll talk about you know the post credit scene but um oh you know I feel like that scene I thought was fine um I thought the action was pretty cool uh I thought the action again, went pretty thought, well yeah yeah uh you know I thought the overall I mean the 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 humor worked it was again could have been shorter but they wanted they, they wanted to uh they had a they had a vision that 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 had that scene being a, a major major part of the movie so it's hard for me to say it's one of those things where you wish you had a writer or you had Taika Waititi to sort of really flesh out and maybe we will have to listen to a director's cut or a director's commentary of yeah the movie. Well, he says there will yeah. never be a director's cut because he says director's cuts yeah yeah, he did say no director's cut, but yeah, there a commentary of the movie that 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 talks about um, him you know, in the 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 thought process uh, of that whole interaction. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I thought it was, again, it's it's one of those things where I thought a lot of these moments that a lot of people didn't like were probably funny to me, um, and that 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 is what makes it work. Um, you know, it's like going into, you know, if you went into most people love Deadpool because they didn't go into Deadpool expecting it to be like an X-Men movie. You know, they a lot of them would expect it to be dumb, you know, and, and funny. And I think it, it probably some people and the people that really don't like it, it's like, oh, kind of stupid, you know, not not that funny. Um, and, and for me, I think that this movie is at its best when. When, it, when it's when it's comedic, or I thought the Jane Foster show was really good, but I think the comedy is what really make makes me enjoy this movie. Um, the story is not super deep; it's not super compelling. Um, which Marvel has had plenty of. I can go go, go down a list of deep, compelling Marvel stories. Um, this wouldn't be in the top. It certainly wouldn't be in the top ten, but. If I were to rank the the funniest Marvel movies, the ones that made me laugh the most, I mean, this would probably would certainly be in the top ten. So, um, it has its strengths, and I thought that that scene was was largely it was largely comedic. Um, 
its importance to the story, especially by the end of it, it really is just he gets to the lightning bolt, which is a cool, cool prop. Um, but didn't have to be that long for him to get the lightning bolt. But but it was a, but it was a fun. I thought it was a fun scene. Yeah, I, I think to me, Sharon, I felt like the scene in many ways felt like it was it, it lasted long as it did because they were trying to set up the um, the scene with, with the post credit scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it definitely seemed to be the case, and I had figured that when uh, Hercules was name dropped in it as well. Right. Um, you can kind of see, okay, you know, this is kind of laying groundworks here. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought I I uh, enjoyed the scene, you know, and, and you are correct in what you said about Zeus. Shout out to that show, Netflix animated show, Blood of Zeus. If you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. It's very well animated, well written. And definitely shows, which a lot of people know, anyone who knows Greek mythology, Zeus is very flawed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He is a very flawed uh, character. Definitely not your, you know, Disney Hercules movie, you know, dad of the year kind of guy. <laughs> even, that, even that guy sucks. Like, people even forget, though, like, how bad know, Hercules Zeus is. Like, he, in the, in, in, the, uh, in the Disney movie. Like, he's terrible yeah. there, too. That's a, that's a PG you know, movie. Not, not exactly present. So, you know, you got a lot of, got a lot of issues with that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he's very flawed, very flawed character. So, um, but yeah, it was, I, I mean, I thought it was cool. I thought it was funny. I mean, I, I wasn't, again, I come into these, any Taika Waititi project, whatever it is, knowing I'm going to laugh, <laughs> you know? So I was not, you know, expecting to get a Zeus and we, and we kind of saw in the trailer and in the seeing a suit and everything, we knew this Zeus wasn't going to be some kind of, nope. some kind of Hercules, Herculean Kind of, you know, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be, it was gonna be, uh, Taiko Waititi Zeus, you know, Taiko Waititi Zeus, you know, that's what we were gonna get, and I was, and I was happy with it, and um, you know, I now, thought, it was see. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, do we, do we, I mean, I don't know, we'll talk about the post credit scene at some point, probably soon, but yeah, that that was always gonna be the the question with that part of it, uh, even prior to. Um, even prior to, the, to to seeing the movie, you knew that it's this look. I mean, when they said Russell Crowe was going to play Zeus, that there was a chance that we were at some point going to get a Hercules, and but that we had to wrestle with: is it going to be if it's going to be Taika Waititi Zeus, or are you going to see Taika Waititi's Hercules? And is that like you know, is that something that we even want to see? And so, um. That is what I think a lot of people have come away disappointed with that portrayal of Zeus is that, you know, you know, Hercules in the MCU or in the in Marvel comics isn't like just a complete joke. And we don't know if this Hercules would be a complete joke, but, um, well, yeah, and that, that, that kind of, that kind of goes back to, I think some of the, some of the validity and some of the issues people have with the tone of the movie, because I mean, we're doing a podcast, we can jump around here. When you talk about the post credit scene, like it, you know, it, it presents Zeus kind of obviously being one. We realize he's alive. Like I mean, they we made it seem like he they made it sound like seem like he died, which I guess in hindsight probably was foolish for us to think that Zeus could die that <laughs> easily. But I don't know. Like they didn't. There it seemed like a confirm. I guess we they didn't confirm the kill. But I mean, you know, he was shot. He was shot through his own chest with his own. Uh, his own lightning bolt, and he just fell to the ground. I, I thought he fell into like just 
Like, I didn't know he fell even onto the ground. Yes. I thought he fell, like, off the platform and just into uh, the abyss. Mace know? Windu, yeah. Right, yeah, I thought it was a Mace Windu deal <laughs> or, like a, or, like a, or like a Darth Maul deal. I didn't even know that at all. He, I guess yeah. he didn't fall that far. Um, So, and maybe that was something that they did that on purpose. I don't know. But, I mean, it kind of goes back to where you go to the post-grad scene and he's, like, you know, talking with his chest now. Like, no pun intended, obviously, because he kind of didn't have one. <laughs> but, um, but he's like, oh, you know, the gods, man, they just do whatever they want now. They don't fear us no more. Like, it's time these people start to fear us. You know, and Hercules, like, it's time for you to, you know, basically, you know, knock some heads and, and let people know who, who we are. And it's it's just, it, it comes across just a little weird when we just saw this guy have, like, just no care in the world just, you know, an hour earlier, a couple of hour and a half earlier. Then turn to that guy and say, like, I think, like, Hercules, I think, is set up as, like, oh, no, this guy is really, like, gonna, you know, be a problem. But when you... But it just, it's just, it's just a, it's a contradiction from everything we saw from Zeus earlier in the movie. Maybe you could say, well, now he's been been embarrassed, so now he feels like he has to do something. But we now we did. There is a part of that to me that that is that is a, is a little weird. We I will say we saw at, at the end of that interaction with Zeus and 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 her and, and Thor. You know, as the the intensity started to pick up, we saw Zeus get more serious and. You know, it 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 started to you like you started to see like all right, you know, like this guy's not like he's not a total clown, you know, like he's a he's a showman, you know, but that, yes. that you know, but that he had, you know he's not an idiot, you know, or whatever. Like he just has a certain a certain bravado. But so we, I think that post credit scene is supposed to show more of that side of him than the guy that we saw in the beginning. Um and so I, I, you know, it it worked a little bit, um, but I think that I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll obviously and we'll see. You know, they cast Brett Goldstein as 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 uh, Hercules. Um, you know, he, he's he's gotten big after you know his performance in Ted Lasso. Um, obviously, Ted Lasso very comedic. Uh, very comedic series. I, you know, we'll, I mean, again, we'll see. He also has to bulk up, uh, which um, we'll see if he does. But he has plenty of time uh, before we will see him again. I would assume so. It, I mean, that'll that'll be an interesting inclusion. But that, according to everything that we've heard, that was Kevin Feige's decision to cast mm. Brett Goldstein, which would make sense. You would think Kevin Feige would would is usually the one to cast a big character like that. But that wasn't Taika Waititi uh, saying, oh, I want Brett Goldstein as, as Hercules. So uh, an important distinction for all the people that have, you know, been down on Taika's decision-making with this movie. Yeah, and that was, um, I thought Brett looked good. Uh, I know some people are saying, oh, you know, he, you know, Chris, Hen- I mean, Chris Hensworth, this is the biggest I think he's looked in any movie. I mean, he looked jacked in the film. Yeah. That's saying a lot. Because we know, again, how Thor's looked in previous films. I, I thought Chris Hemsworth looked just, again, completely yoked in this film. And, you know, Brett obviously does not have that kind of physique. But I actually didn't mind his physique as much as some other people. To me, he kind of had, like, a, a basketball kind of, like, you know, build to him. I mean, I mean that in kind the show, of thought was, was cool. Player, you know? Right, exactly. So he's already kind of got that kind of build anyway. 
And so, yeah. and, and he can, he could, he could definitely put on, you know, maybe another 10, 15 pounds of muscle, but I, I don't know if he needs to be just another Chris Helmsworth, like lookalike in terms of his, his physique. Like I, I wouldn't mind if he could be, you know, chiseled, more chiseled and more cut in the next movie, but maybe he doesn't have to be so broad shouldered and so gigantic, you know, like I, I, and he is tall and he is lanky. Like, again, like I, again, the word I used, I felt like he, he gave me like basketball player athleticism vibes and, and i kind of like that it was, it was you know a little bit of a but the problem is what we've seen hercules. From... you know right and then, you know the hercules most people it's about, it's, it's, it's about his strength right yeah he's a strong man so while i mean look could he be you know the person that is you know that's lanky but super strong i mean that's like spider-man for example i mean it's possible I don't think he but, was that thin. I don't think he was like Spider-Man. No, no, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, general, right. just like, could he be a lankier person that, but the strength isn't about how big he is. Like, he just, it's, it's, it's magical almost. That's possible that that's how they want to tell it. But I think most people, their, their problem is they thought he would be more like, you know, Captain America, you know, or like you said, Thor, where you see it more clearly. And there's plenty of actors. I mean, they're casting for a, they're casting for Hercules. Disney is for a live action. Well, I saw I saw a lot of people saying that you know someone like Alan, you know, Richardson would have been good for this role. Yeah, Alan of course. No, and you you look at his his physique. I mean, he he definitely could play Hercules. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people want Noah Centino, uh, who's playing Adam Smasher in in, in Black Adam. Uh, They want him to play the Disney version of Hercules. You know, and there's been plenty of people that have been thrown out there, but it's all bigger people. You know, and Goldstein, like I said, played a soccer player. You mentioned a basketball player, Bill. Uh, that's the guy we saw. I mean, and they didn't want to do CGI. They didn't want to do anything to make it look too crazy. Uh, but he definitely looked a little smaller, which was interesting. But and then you also don't want to you don't want to show him like that. And the next time we see him, he looks 30, 40 pounds bigger. I mean, I don't care. But some people may say, oh, what, what happened? Like inconsistency. Yeah. No, I see that. I mean, Shamar, any quick thoughts on uh, Hercules' look? I thought he looked great. I mean, I didn't have any. I didn't have any complaints. Um, there's a lot of people. There's, there's a, like you guys pointed out. There's a, a long list of people want various different people. I've seen a lot of people want a Cavill as Hercules. I mean, I did that over and over and cool. Yeah. I mean, just a long list of people they could have picked. <laughs> I mean, I thought he looked fine. I didn't have any issue with his look. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in the MCU. I'm looking forward to it too. I mean, the costume was pretty great. I mean, you know, when talk about being comic book accurate, doesn't get much better than that. I, I that is the one thing I still love about Marvel is is that their willingness to just say, nope, we're gonna just pretty much go right with what you saw in the comic book, or if we're gonna make any kind of adjustments, they're gonna be mostly minor or just a little upgrades to maybe what you would see from a movie in 2022. But we're not gonna shy away from just doing what these guys actually how women actually had in their costumes so, so I, still, I dig that aspect i'm still expecting to see wolverine in his mask in the mcu as well they got to get him his mask well i, I think we're gonna see yeah 100 yeah that, that's that's one of the things I'm, we're taking it to the bank what color yeah. it'll be i can't tell you i don't know if it's gonna be orange i don't care yellow <laughs> black but now what i will say is the two things that i took away from that post credit scene from the, for in terms of keeping track of it for the Marvel as a whole is one, it continues a trend that we've seen in recent um, 
in, in this recent phase of them debuting some of these characters and these actors in post credit scenes or mm-hmm. in these movies as opposed to announcing them like yeah. you know Harry Styles you know uh, mm-hmm. as Star Fox and now yes. Brett Goldstein as Hercules that's something to keep track of yep. as we go forward you know we have Black Panther coming up next I'm Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to see Doctor Doom if we see him, mm-hmm. uh, and I will be. I keep my ears perched that we yeah. may not. We, we may not know that he's in out. it, and he may show up. You know, and, yeah. Aurora Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna get ahead of myself, but <laughs> I, 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 hope, I hope so. But yeah, I mean, you know, but Ant Man. You know, will we see somebody in Ant Man? Like that's just something to keep track of. Um, and also, in terms of them casting Brett Goldstein, I mean, that's an actor that uh, his biggest role so far is a TV role. And so, I mean, it's a big TV role that's got yeah. been white hot in terms of how... Yeah, it's one of the biggest uh, shows on television. Yeah, it's one of the biggest shows, one of the hottest shows on television. Meteoric rise. So, so clearly, they see the trajectory. But this is also them taking somebody for what's going to be a pretty big role. I mean, you see people talking about Henry Cavill and you know, people more established. Um, I, you know, so when you think about some of these future roles that will be casted, you know, the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, and they may not just take, you know, some big name that's been in a bunch of movies. They may find somebody that's been on a TV show, um, somebody that's maybe a younger actor or somebody that has a, a shorter career. Um, that's something that I took note of as well. So... Getting to the end of the you know cinematic movie, not the post credit stuff, we get to the end. You know, Thor, you know, gives the kids the powers of Thor, which I thought was really neat. I I, I kind of thought that that was cute having them fight those monsters, especially because you know we, we saw so much in the movie of them being so scared and seeing them you know be powered. And, and it reminded me of Shazam. Yeah, it did remind me of Shazam, and I think and I wouldn't be surprised if there was some inspiration there. But I also think for for kids who you know see these movies and. Like, I was sitting next to a girl who, when those monsters first came out, was, like, terrified. Or maybe it was gore. I forgot what it was. But she was, like, legit freaking out. Like, she must have been, like, six or seven years old. Like, I, I, and, you know, there are a lot of kids who see these movies, which is, you know, in my opinion, why when it comes to the jokes, I don't know if I need to hear, you know, five different orgy references in one scene. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, like, I think having the kids go from being so scared and feeling so helpless to actually being empowered, I thought was neat again a lot of, this was not a bad movie there are things i did like about this movie um but we get to the end of the scene so the kids are able to fight off against the monsters while thor and mighty thor fight off against gore and while they're able to destroy the sword um they're unable to uh close the the you know i guess the portal or whatever the door into uh it, it, into eternity where gore is then able to make whatever wish he wants. Now, the wish that we were expecting him to make, or at least was being told, we were to be told he was going to make, was going to be to just kill all the gods throughout, you know, the galaxy or the universe. or And that is more than that, I guess, realms. <laughs> whatever, whatever the, you know, the specific word would be for that. Um, you know, Thor, you know, as Jane is, you know, dying, you know, makes his, you know, last plea saying, look, you know, killing all these gods ain't really going to do anything. Like, what's, what what's eating you up is not that you know the gods lied to you is that you lost your daughter, and that's where you know Gore decides to you know bring back his daughter as opposed to killing off all the gods, and in bringing back the daughter, he makes this you know this kind of uh, you know pledge with Thor saying like hey like you know 
because the 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 sword was destroyed, like he was gonna die. Like there, he had no, there was no like he, he his death was inevitable. He was like, you know, all right, if I bring her back. Like I need you to take care of her. And Thor agrees. You know, his daughter comes back. Gore dies, but we see kind of the end of the movie with Thor now raising this young little girl who we saw at the beginning of the movie die in Gore's hands. And as uh, as Korg uh, announces at the end of the movie, you know that you know this is you know a new duo of of Thor and this young and this young girl who are still out there trying to protect people, trying to save the galaxy, and they're going by the uh, the you know the name Love and Thunder. Of course, the girl being Love, Thor being Thunder. Pretty sweet ending to the movie i think uh i think you know the movie kind of started with thor feeling like he didn't know what his purpose was and he kind of realized his purpose was to just show up and fight like he kind of just realized that was really all he was good for but that there really wasn't a lot of uh meaning to his life because of that i think here is marvel trying to give him some meaning in raising this daughter i think they they kind of uh no he you know i think she refers to him as uncle thor um there is a little bit of a of a foreshadowing, which I, I did not even pick up on. I mean, I, I realized it as soon as it happened, but uh, as soon as, you know, Thor taking the girl, but when, you know, Cork says, oh, man, I thought Thor would be a great dad when, when Valkyrie reveals, you know, hey, like, you know, I don't think they're going to be kids between these two because of, you know, because of uh, Jane's illness. I, I, I thought that that then made sense for how they ended the movie, to give Thor that purpose. I thought it was sweet i'm not sure if that was the best place to land for thor in order for him to have that purpose i I think the only reason why i kind of hesitate on on feeling like uh this is what i wanted from him is because i just i feel like we kind of saw this with tony stark like wasn't that the whole point of his story arc in endgame like I, I, this almost feels like we're kind of doing this all over again, and I guess you know obviously that was much short lived in Endgame. Like we 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 met Morgan Stark for just a brief time, and we saw Tony's impact on her and her impact on him. It was very evident in those mo- in that movie, but maybe this is a way to kind of elongate some of that. But I don't know. I, I that that. The ending was so sweet that you kind of have to just get over it. Like I couldn't, I can't be that mad at it because it's just, it's, it's a, an adorable ending to the movie. But like all of this ending there, like I don't know, it, it kind of fell a little flat for me in that regard. But I don't know how you felt, Sham. Um, I like the ending, um, which I think I kind of hinted at earlier. But I, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. I very much enjoyed the ending. Um. Like you said, I, I would kind of use similar similar phrasing. I thought it was a sweet ending. I thought it was a nice ending. Um, you know, Gore did the right thing at the end. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with, the with you know, the girl as well. It kind of brought me back to that next Avengers movie, that animated. I don't know if anybody remembers that movie. But but there was a, there was a, a Thor daughter, I think, or something was in that movie. Yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing this young, new up-and-coming Thor-like, uh, you know, person. <laughs> uh, so that'll, that'll be cool. That'll be fun to see, um, you know, in, in any potential team-ups and whatnot. Um, 
And it, it was, it's just, I don't know. I thought it was a nice ending. I thought it kind of wrapped everything kind of a pretty neat bow. I thought the post-credits post added even more of a deep bow. But I, I enjoyed, I very much enjoyed the ending of the movie. Um, I think I, I very much enjoyed the movie as a whole. Like I said, not perfect, but I, I enjoyed it. And, and by the way, uh, the girl playing uh, Love is uh, Hensworth's actual daughter. Mm, yes. Okay. Um, India Rose Hensworth. Which is, you know, mm-hmm. It's just another, this is like another kind of uh, additional awe moment about this whole ending to the movie. Kendall, how did the movie uh, land for you at the end? Uh, I thought the ending was kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the stuff with, stuff with Gore, he kind of turned a little too, like, it's one of, it's, it's just one of those movies I, I hate it. It's just one of my personal things. I hate it when we when we follow a villain or we, uh, and Shamari knows with Obi Wan. We won't get into Obi Wan spoilers, but yes, because I have not watched you know, Obi Wan yet. But. Yeah, but I but I hate it when you get into a you get to a villain where they have like a, a angle, and then they get like to like the it's like so you drive down all the way to the one yard line and then you're like I can't do it, you know, and it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, what have we been watching this whole movie for? And so that. That was a little weird, um, and I got it. You know, Dora was able to talk him off the ledge, but that is just—I don't know. We see that trope a lot. Um, but then, and I, I look—I didn't have a huge problem with it because at the end of the day, you don't want to see the bad guy win. So I didn't, right, so, yeah, so, that's the other alternative. But, so yeah, exactly. So I, I, I was—I, you know, I knew—I knew that was good. something had to happen. Um, and then, but then the whole idea of Thor taking in the daughter was—I don't know—it was a little weird to me. You know, it didn't hit. Um, maybe because, like I mentioned earlier, we didn't see much of her character in the beginning. Right. Uh, she didn't say much, much at all. So I didn't have much connection to the character. Um, you know, I feel like when you're supposed to have these, these sad moments or these, even these happy moments, you have to earn them to some degree. And I guess if you really were attached to the Gore character, which look, I liked Gore, um, but I wasn't like looking at that kid being like, man, that's Thor- that's Gore's kid, you know, shedding a tear. Um, right. I wasn't that attached to Gore's character, and I wasn't really that attached to to the kid's character. So, um, if they had spent more time with, uh, if they had spent more time with her character, I will say Shamari would know, being being the gamer, I, I was getting God of War vibes with Gore and the kid uh, <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> yeah. um, with Kratos, but. Uh, but no, I mean, it, I thought that that was, that could have been, I thought that scene and that twist would have been a lot better had we spent more time with them in the beginning. Um, cause I didn't think twice of it. I was like, yeah, his daughter died and that's the motivation. But like, I didn't think we were going to see her again. So I, I just was not thinking about the character and then she pops off and I'm, I almost have to remember <laughs> to remember, I was just, like that was the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I don't remember what happened, so I don't know. It it just, like, it I don't a... know. It just, it just felt like, and I think I had mixed emotions watching, which is what I kind of said when we talked about right. this. Because on the one hand, I'm like, this is a really nice full circle moment to Thor's personal family story. Because remember, you know, Odin takes in Loki, right? And he he raised Loki as if he was his only son, and Thor, you know, saw Loki as if he was his brother. 
and Thor raising, just for, for lack of a better term, someone else's kid, or obviously it's a lot more meaningful than that, is touching. Like, him understanding that importance and understanding uh, what it means to be that father figure of somebody who may not be your biological kid, I think is absolutely makes sense. I think is really on the surf in a vacuum, just excellent full circle moment. So I, I got to give them credit. And, and yeah, and, and and I, it's interesting because I think that, I, I, like, in some ways you think about it and you're like, why did he even take in the kid? Because that's like, that, and that's Kendall is my second part of it. Which again right. makes the mixed emotions, and I'm like, okay, but like, why did he do this? Yeah, like, like he like, Gore is the enemy. Like he doesn't even know Gore that well. Yeah, he doesn't he know Gore that enemy, well, but he knows he's an he, enemy. And she comes, and, but, but I mean, maybe he just. I would have liked to have seen them flesh it out. They just show it, and then they're. they're I mean, when he said done, just look out but, for the girl, I thought I I didn't think he was gonna take her in as his. I mean, his niece, essentially. Like, I, I thought it was just, oh, she's going to live in New Asgard, and he's going to, like, just, you know, kind of be yeah, in the shadow, in. just, just you know, making kinda sure she's like, doing uh, good. Kind of like America Chavez, you know, in, in Doctor Strange. Right, like, exactly. Like, I, know, didn't, like, that totally, like I totally didn't even think, oh, that means he's now going to have a pseudo-daughter. Like, that was not at all right. what I expected. Because there was nothing, there was no setup for it. There was no build-up. Right. I, I would have, I, and I, the pacing and the way they wanted to do it, like, they, they weren't going to do a whole nother scene of Thor, like, talking it out, saying, what am I going to do with this kid? Like, she has nowhere else to go. That's probably, that's all they really needed to say, to say, for you to come to the conclusion that he went through the thought process of this doesn't make much sense, but I have to do it. But they didn't do that. They just skipped to as if, like, this was his calling, which was an interesting decision. Um, you know, I mean, if, I, I think I would have probably included that that scene in between there of him trying to figure out what to do with the kid. But like you said, I, I almost feel like, you know, he kind of heard Gore's message and that was supposed to be the, the acknowledgement of this is my duty, you know, but it was yeah, all, it, confusing. it was just, it was just so vague. He didn't really know just, what was happening. Yeah. yeah. It was just so it was vague. vague. Yeah. And that was unfortunate because again, it, it was like, it was so adorable that even, the bare minimum would have made that outstanding. Yeah, like you, like it didn't take much for them to absolutely stick that landing and get a perfect ten. But like, it just felt like I don't know. It just felt like the end. Like they had to get through a bunch of different things. Like they had to have Jane die. Um, they had to have the the, 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 the Jane and, and Jane Thor and saying their final goodbyes. There was just a lot of things that had to happen, and then they had to figure out the situation with Gore. Now Gore brings his daughter in. They got to figure out the daughter. Like, there was just a lot happening in a span of, like, two or three minutes. And I think that the movie, it kind of, it hurt that they were trying to wrap so much in so fast. And I think that that was some of the reason why that ending for us fell a little flat. And real quick, I also feel like, I that scene almost made me feel like what people feel like when they watch Marvel movie or even a DC movie and like they're not comic book fans and they just so, so they don't know who some of these characters are and so they're like you know this moment with cheap pop where you just do something just with a right. character and it's supposed to be a tag team like like it, they don't get it you know because they're not comic book fans like that was a scene where if Thor's daughter or Hemsworth's daughter was playing a character that was like 
oh, I know that character is supposed to be this person, or this is going to be, you know, if it was an X-Men character or something like that, I may have been able to look the other way on all these all these things that don't make that much sense or didn't weren't executed great just because of the nostalgia and the cheap pop and whatever you want to call it. But I didn't have any of those feelings. So I'm watching this just as a moviegoer being, ah, this doesn't really work. But there's probably so many more movie, examples of that in, in, in things like Marvel and DC and Star Wars that I'm willing to look the other way on because of, again, that nostalgic factor that I didn't feel for this, this character. It's all new. You know, like it's something that I've never seen before. Before we get to final score, Sham, I mean, you see some of the uh, some of the issues Kendall and I have with that last part. I know you say you really liked how it ended, but did any of this stuff we, we, we say resonate with you or do you still feel like um, they did a good job how they ended? I think they did a good job. I mean, I... <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, no, yeah, nothing, nothing's really gonna change my opinion. I, 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 I'm not rocking with any of that. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed it. I thought, I thought I it. I thought everything worked really well. You know, um, you know, and I don't really. I feel like a lot of the issues kind of can go with time. And I didn't need this to be a long movie. You know, I thought, I, I thought he, he definitely prioritized comedy over a lot of other things. And I'm cool with that. I didn't have an issue with it. I thought the story still made sense. You know, it still worked uh, for me. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. I that, think that, that – uh, and one last thing I will say just real quickly. Um, I feel like Taika did not consult with the Russo brothers when it came to how Endgame ended. Because it kind of felt like the Guardians – just had like no real purpose and no i felt like that that actually may be like but it would be the biggest disappointment in this movie if it wasn't so irrelevant in this movie their inclusion like thor's time with them it just it just felt like they left like a note there and then that was like that was that was it um so so i don't know that that to me was just a little a little odd but uh, i think we're at the point where we can do scores here so i'm gonna go to kendall first kendall uh what will you give thor out of 10 thor out of 10 um i don't know i mean i thought that this was i thought this was a, a solid movie like i said i came into this movie with not sky high expectations and again i i don't say that to say that i thought it was gonna be bad i just didn't expect uh from a uh, from an intensity standpoint to for the intensity of this movie to be super high and um, expected it to be far more comedic and I thought that I enjoyed it a lot more than I did Ragnarok because of that um, I will go out of 10 I will say a, I'm somewhere between a 7 and a 7.5 uh, I'll, I'll go 7.5 because I enjoyed the humor of this movie enough um story isn't incredible um i thought the acting performances were great didn't mention tessa thompson enough but i thought she did a great job as valkyrie yes, for sure um you know and i mean you know korg i'm, I'm not giving taika you know flowers for for the core character it is what it is yeah, now, and he's yeah. funny but but you know it's just you know it's it kind of back to we're, yeah it kind of goes back to what we're saying about you know um potential for characters based on canon and and 
Korg, you know, is so far gone from the yeah. Planet Hulk Korg that we, we, we were introduced to. Right, right. Uh, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, overall, I enjoyed this movie. Again, I'll go 7.5 because I feel like, um, again, the humor worked. The Jane Foster story worked. Um, I, I, I liked Thor as, as a villain. So I, I enjoyed it. I'll go 7.5. Yeah. Oh, and I also, think, real quick, I, not yeah. to cut you off, but I this was my favorite Chris Hemsworth performance in a long time. I don't I don't want to yeah. I don't want to say what I don't know if I'm going to say Thor one. I don't know if I'm going to say Avengers, but I thought he was excellent. I buy that. I think that he was really great in this. Um, I think there's something about there's a charm with Thor one with just like the you know out of out of place God in yeah, fish out of water yeah fish out of water story that just is just so in some ways easy but he makes it look easy that it makes me hard for you to top that performance but if you wanted to put this performance next to like any of his other Thor or Avenger Avenger performances I think he, he, you certainly have a case that this could be the best one for me I'm gonna go it's funny because in my head it's so funny because I think you know I feel like Kendall and I, in some degrees, throughout this whole episode, have kind of presented glass half full, glass half empty perspectives. And we flipped. There are some aspects where I think I was glass half full, Kendall was glass half empty. I think we started this with Kendall being more glass half full and me being more glass half empty. But when I came into this episode, excuse me, this episode of this podcast, uh, my thought was this is probably about a 7.5 movie. So I think that's ironic that we land on the same score. And I'm not going to change it just because of Kendall's, you know... (laughs) Thoughts on the movie, which Tenor, he enjoyed. Yeah. He enjoyed. He enjoyed it, even though he he sees that there are issues with it. Um, yeah, I, I go the same. I think it's a seven point five for me. Uh, nice movie. Didn't was not no waste of time. Wasn't offensive in any way. It, it was a nice movie. Like I, I thought that Natalie Portman did a really good job. I, it was like it was nice to see her really engaged in this film. Unlike the performance we got from her in Dark World. The chemistry with him and Hensworth, her and Hensworth was great. I thought Hensworth was great in this movie. I, I, I do agree. We did not talk enough about Tessa Thompson. I think that she was a really strong foundation for a lot. Honestly, I think a lot of the comedy worked because of like her acting off of the things that were happening. Like I just like I I, I think I, I think that comedy really actually would have annoyed me a lot more if Tessa wasn't involved in so much of it. So she deserves credit where credit is due. I have seen people mention stuff about the um, visual effects. They're an issue. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend like this is just not a thing. Because some people are pretending it's not a thing. I'm not gonna pretend that it's like, oh, this thing was the worst trash thing I've ever seen. It wasn't that bad. But there are moments, and I mentioned it in the trailer. It's not like I'm bringing this up the first time. There are shots in this movie. I will say the black and white stuff I thought actually was ended up being great. Like I, I, I remember I, I told you guys I thought that that stuff looked really weird. Um, but the seeing how they juxtaposed it with like the light of their hand, you know, the hammer or Stormbreaker or just their powers or the lightning bolt, like that actually I thought looked really cool. So I, I take back everything I said about that during the trailer. But some of those other scenes, like the you know the fight scene that happens in New Asgard. Some of the stuff in Unlimited City, yeah, some of that stuff looked a lot cheaper than it had to. And I don't know what the deal is. I know there's a story that came out today that, you know, 
uh, visual effects artists are not happy working with Marvel because they're under too much pressure and um, they in their overall just they just had bad bad experiences with them recently. Uh, I don't know if Marvel's trying to crank out too much stuff at once and, and they're not giving the visual effects people a chance to really work. But I think it is what it is, man. Like you see, watch Thor one and see some of the visual effects. Now some of the shooting is a little weird um, in hindsight, but you see the visual effects of that movie. I it's just some of the stuff we saw in this movie was unacceptable compared to what we saw like from a movie 11 years ago like that just that this shouldn't be the case so marvel please get your act together when it comes to the visual effects stuff i don't know this movie was you spent it was a 300 million dollar budget so you, you had the bread to make it look they not like burnt this. it on on a bunch of these i was just about the same thing maybe next time don't put the guardians in for no reason don't put the guardians in for no reason jeff goldblum shot scenes for this movie he's not in it yeah Peter like, Dinklage stop. shot scenes for this movie he's not in it they cut yeah these yeah yeah actors. just throw they out in melissa mccarthy like <laughs> all right yeah again, some of things were funny matt but damon again right you're a good matt, point but these guys they don't come they don't come cheap right <laughs> not even for a second they don't yeah. come cheap so when we you talk about it, it was a it was a huge budget but then you're 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 being cheap on visual effects it's because you're spending so much on these on these cameos and these actors that don't even their, their cameos are so insignificant that you cut them out of the movie. Yeah, it's already bad enough. I mean, your main actors are Hemsworth, Bale, and you had Natalie, to bring back and Natalie, Portman. Natalie Portman, who you had to bring back out of retirement from Marvel. Like, come on now. So yeah, so figure this stuff out with the visual effects. I'm not, I'm not addressing it again. That's how I feel. Figure it out because this is getting. This should not be a story. Like, I don't even want to make this a story because it shouldn't have to be. But I saw stuff I saw in the trailer that I thought looked odd. And to these guys' credit, they said, well, maybe it won't be that bad. Give it a shot. Okay, I gave it a shot. Some of the stuff still looked bad. Like, figure it out, dude. Figure it out. I will say Thor's costume might have been my favorite Thor costume. And that's what's annoying because I love this costume. But there are scenes, especially that scene again where they're doing the, 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 the facial expressions of Thor in the helmet. I mean, it just looks like it looks like he's in a, P, he's in a PS3. You know, video game. The helmet doesn't look like it's really on his face. Like, the background doesn't look real. Like, come on. Like, again, some of this stuff is unnecessary. So, again, if that means I don't got to see the Guardians when you didn't use them that well anyway, that's okay. That means we don't get Matt Damon and Melissa McCarthy. That's okay. So, figure that part out. But, fun movie. Nice messages. A lot of humor. If you love humor, you'll love this movie. So I go seven point five. Sham, you wrap it up for us. What's your score? Uh, I'll give this joint. I'll give it an eight point three. I, I thought it was a very solid, not quite an eight point five, but close. I, 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 you know, I thought it was it was a good movie. I enjoyed it from from beginning from pretty much from beginning to end. Um, definitely not perfect. Um, I thought maybe Gore could have used either a little more time or. They may they could have tried to connect him more to Thor in Asgard. He seems completely disconnected from any of that, and he's a solo villain. So I don't know. There's just limitations attached to that. So I don't know. Maybe the story could have been better. I don't know. But he, I thought he was kind of a weak point for me. Um, uh, other than that, I thought it was decent. I mean, essentially, you got to bring bring out the visual effects. I know they used the volume. 
they use the stagecraft industrial light and magic technology that they're using for the Mandalorian. Yeah, the, the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and all these other things. And it's funny, um, uh, some people are actually starting to see it a little bit in some of their more recent projects, like Obi-Wan and Book of Boba Fett, because I can kind of see, you know, whatever's wrong with the volume. So I don't know. I feel like people are kind of, maybe it's not working quite as well as it did with the Mandalorian, but um, but yeah, they, I know they use the same technology there, so that's very interesting. Um, it didn't stand out to me as much, but I don't know. It seems to be a, something that a lot of people are saying. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. I, 8.3. I thought it was very solid. I, it, it will be getting rewatches from me when it's on Disney Plus. And um, I do. I'll say this. I will. I do want to see it again. Like my, I saw this one uh, solo dolo. I didn't watch it with any any person that I know. Um, there, of course, the movie theater I was in was packed, which was nice to see. The movie did uh, 130 million dollars. Uh, uh, yeah, the one I went to was packed as well. In uh, in the U.S., which is uh, I think a very good number. Um, I, I think that Marvel should be very happy with that number for opening box office. Uh, but I saw this one solo dolo, and I, my girlfriend wasn't here to see it, um, so I, she wants to see it, and I have no problem seeing it again. It wasn't like that offensive to me. Again, it was. There were nice moments. It's, it's a good movie. It's just. I think my frustration is that I know it could have been a lot better. And that's where I feel like maybe more direction from Feige could have helped this movie. But then I don't know. Feige really likes humor and comedy. So maybe he really liked this. I don't know. Yeah, Feige also gave us uh, Trevor Slattery. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, Ralph Boner, I guess, to a degree. So, But we, we've seen, we have seen... Uh, a shift and we're we're even hearing you know the fantastic four that he wants to take more of a step back he liked dr strange and having a more established guy sam raimi being able to take the the reins of a movie so i think we're seeing a little bit of feige becoming more a little overextended by all these different properties and wanting to take more of a step back and the, the people want feige to assume a more a, a bigger role than he already has uh, so it's interesting. We'll see how that plays out uh, as things go forward. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good place to land on this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. Glad to be back after a little week off on the podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, you can catch all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check out our content on YouTube. You can find that on a look, a look at the New Generation Media. That is our YouTube channel. Also, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. You can find us individually on social media. Shamari's on Instagram and Snapchat, MCShan22. I am on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Max and EJ. And Kenla could be found on Twitter, New Gen Ken. Thank you guys so much again for checking us out. Shamari, Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.